Wine, Food, Talk. NapaBroadcasting.com. Welcome back to NapaBroadcasting.com. We sit here in the Napa Valley in one of the food, wine, and restaurant capitals of the world. We're surrounded by abundance and by great chefs. Sitting astride that pantheon of great chefs is our guest today, Charlie Palmer, the founder of many great restaurants and hotels, the proprietor of the Charlie Palmer Group. He is now actively expanding his properties here in the Napa Valley. With the recent purchase of the Harvest Inn, the deal for a restaurant, and a lot more inside the new Archer Hotel, it is my pleasure to welcome Charlie Palmer to NapaBroadcasting.com. Charlie, thanks so much for being with us. Well, thanks for having me. Great to have you here. First of all, you know, one of the terms that we hear thrown about so much, particularly here in the Napa Valley, is this idea of the celebrity chef. Do you, do you like that term? Is that something that feels good? <laughs> I mean, we hear, it, chef. we hear it so much these days. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've, I've been hearing that for years. It's, it, to me, it's kind, of a, it's kind of a weird way to put it because when you think about it, you know, chefs like myself or, or Tom, you know, like, you know, a lot of chefs do a lot more TV and stuff like that. So maybe I guess they could be, be considered more celebrity. But, you know, it's, and when someone says like celebrity chef, I th- I'm always thinking to myself, well, let's let's see. We spend you know ten, twelve, fourteen hours a day in a hot kitchen, uh, probably in some of the uh, worst physical conditions that you could come up with, and, you know, and uh, and we do it because we love it. But I'm I'm not sure how that relates to celebrity. It doesn't sound too uh, you know glamorous, you know, when you're when you're actually doing it every day. Indeed. Um, but you know, you know, the media the media hypes it, of course, and things like that. And it's all good. It's all good. But. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think. I mean, not that all celebrities don't work hard, because I think probably a lot of them do. But right. you know, being a chef in in some ways, I think is is one of the one of the most physically challenging uh, things we could do. And, uh, and like I say, you have to you have to love it to be successful at it. I think. How did you get started in it? Give us a little uh, bio. Well, I, I started cooking when I was in high school. You know, I started. Uh, and actually washing dishes, washing pots in the kitchen uh, when I was 15 years old. And, you know, it was a job to me. It was a lot more glamorous than milking cows because I grew up in a dairy farming community. Um, you know, so for me, that was, you know, a step up, you know, and, and talk, about, talk about a hard, hard life. You know, farmers have a hard life, dairy cattle farmers especially, I think. Um, but, you know, to me, I, I did it as a job. I got kind of hooked on it. I thought, you know, this is great. I had a... A good friend, family friend that convinced me to, you know, pursue it uh, in, in a bigger way when I started actually cooking in the kitchen. And uh, then I, you know, went off at a young age to the CIA, you know, to the Culinary Institute, which, you know, really gave me the foundation, you know, to do what I'm doing. And what were some of the early restaurants that you cooked at before you, you had your own places? Well, my, my very first job out of the CIA was at La Cote Basque in New York City. Uh, so I worked at Le Cote Basque, which at that time was a very, very prominent, very uh, important French restaurant. I worked at Le Cirque. I worked at uh, also at Le Cine. So I was kind of, they called it the French Mafia at that point. I was kind of in that French uh, French restaurant scene. And and then early on in my career, I became the chef, the executive chef at the River Cafe at the age of 23. So, which was, again, a very important restaurant. And really kind of my foray into you know, what's deemed American cuisine or, you know, I always still refer to it as progressive American cooking because, you know, to me, a cuisine is something that develops over hundreds and hundreds of years, 
so you could have a you know French cuisine, Italian cuisine, what have you. But you know, to call what we're doing in this country, which is amazing, um, you know, whether whether you're born here or whether you've come here, you know, from from some other part of the world to to practice your art or practice your craft, you know, I think American cuisine is still a little, a little bit of a stretch. I think what we're all doing at some point. Um, will become what you could call cuisine, an, an actual cuisine. But I think, you know, I think we're still a ways away from that. You know? Talk about the places where it's beginning to change, where it's moving towards that cuisine you're talking about. Obviously, it's something that you have in mind. As you look around the country, where are you seeing these progressions? Well, I mean, I think you see it everywhere. I mean, obviously, in, in, in the wine country, in, in northern Sonoma, northern California, Napa, you know, it's very, very prominent. San Francisco obviously has a real hotbed of, you know, uh, of, of aspiring young chefs and, and food people as, as well as established chefs. Um, and, and we're all doing things that are unique. But again, cooking in this country, it allows you to, you know, draw inspiration from all over the world because there isn't something that's locked in, you know, like a classical French cooking you know, it's, you know, it's hundreds of years of, of, you know, documented classical recipes. You know, what we're doing is pulling from, I'd like to say, I'd like to think pulling the best you know, inspiration from all over the world, whether it's, you know, Europe or Asia or South America or wherever it is. Um, and I think it makes it unique, but again, I don't think it's something you can say, okay, this is American cuisine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, I, I mean, it's happening in the heartland. It's happening, all over the country, which I think is amazing. And I think, you know, people always ask me what's the next trend or what's, you know, what's, you know, what drives it. And I think if there's one thing that we can always point to, no matter where we are, is that continual drive for better ingredients. And that's where this whole relationship with, you know, the people, the farmers, the people that raise um, livestock, the people that, you know, grow vegetables, grow produce, um, fruit trees, whatever it is, you know, artisanal cheese makers. Now we have artisanal spirits makers and, you know, craft brewers. All of those things are what really come together to make what we're doing better and better all the time. You know, I mean, I, I think what makes chefs better, better ingredients, you know, of course, technology, of course, um, you know, training, of course, uh, um, you know, inspiration, but you know, when you're working with great, amazing, pristine ingredients, in a lot of ways, it makes it, you know, easier for the chef, easier for the for the person that's cooking, um, and in some ways, it kind of crafts what we do. You mm-hmm. know, because from a health standpoint, from, you know, from a, you know, from a, you know, a non, uh, uh, you know, no, no, no uh, pesticide, you know, uh, point of view. You know, it, it forces us to be better at what we do and better at our craft. Mm-hmm. You know? What was your first restaurant, the first one that was yours, Charlie? My first restaurant was Oriole, New York. Oriole, um, I opened Oriole when I was 28 years old in a townhouse on 61st between Park and Madison um, in New York City. And, you know, it was, it, it was an amazing restaurant, you know, um, Twenty years later, I moved Oriole to the Bank of America Tower, where it now um, is hugely successful. And you know, I think you know, a restaurant that's twenty-five years old um, anywhere is you know amazing. But I think in New York City, even more amazing because you know competition is fierce, and 
you know, real estate is incredibly expensive and all, all those things, you know, <laughs> kind of uh, compiled. But um, that was my first first restaurant. I was really, really fortunate. And, you know, it's, you know, Oriole has been kind of a, a spawning uh, pond for a lot of really talented chefs and, and, and people that have gone on to be successful. A lot of them are with us and a lot of them are on their own and, you know, have, have had great success. And I think, you know, for me, that's, you know, that's something that's really, uh, you know, that, that I really love is to see our, you know, our, our people go on to become successful in their own right and have their own restaurants or whatever their dream may be. And, uh, you know, we've been, we've been again, lucky and very fortunate to see that happen in a lot of different cases. Talk a little bit about your dream once you had your own restaurant and really the vision and, and the drive to create the enterprise that you've created today. Well, you know, I think, you know, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a chef, you know, and I think that's, that will always be the case. Um, you know, people ask me all the time, do you, do you still cook? And I was like, yeah, of course I cook, I cook all the time, you know, and in some ways it's a little bit easier for me than, than it was if you if you had one restaurant and cooked, you know, every night in the kitchen. Cause you know, I can, I can literally go in the kitchen and, you know, cook, you know, cook with the, the guys and gals and, you know, and then two hours later, you know, pull off an apron and, you know, <laughs> go, go jump into a car and run somewhere else, you know, and, uh, whereas a, you know, a chef has a lot of responsibilities besides just the kitchen. Um, um, but you know, my love is really, really based in food and wine and, and hospitality, I think. Um, because that's the other question I get all the time. Well, how did you make that transition from, uh, restaurants to hotels or boutique hotels? And, you know, to me, it just seems such a natural kind of next step for, you know, not only me, but for our group as a, as a whole that, you know, what we do is hospitality and, you know, whether it's in the restaurant, whether it's, you know, in our uh, rooms and our spas, whatever it may be, it's at the end of the day, it's still about hospitality and taking care of guests and trying to anticipate their needs and trying to, you know, appeal to their tastes you know, and making and making people comfortable and excited about where they are. And I think uh, whether that's through tasty food or amazing uh, amazing bedding or whatever it is, I mean, I think it's it, it all comes together. And I think that's why we've been successful in the hotel business. Also, you know, we we kind of look at it maybe a little bit differently than the traditional hotel companies. Um, but, you know, to me, it's, it was kind of a natural transition. What have you seen change and, and perhaps grow in terms of customer expectation, both in terms of restaurants, in terms of hotels, hospitality? It does seem that, that with greater competition today, customer expectations are so much higher. Well, I think, yeah, I think absolutely right. I think across the board, the expectation um, is higher. And that comes from from people being more highly educated about food and wine and and hotels for that matter, you know? And, you know, for me, for years and years, I always said that our, our, our perfect guest is someone that's really educated about food that really understands, um, you know, a, a pristine bay boat scallop as opposed to an every run of the mill scallop kind of, you know, kind of piece of fish. And because, you know, we, we go to such extents to, to buy the best product and prepare the best, best things and, and, and execute it well that I want somebody that understands the difference between 
you know, what's, what's good and what's great. And I think, you know, for me more and more that, that translates to everything we do. I mean, you know, if we're, if we're doing the right job and we're providing a great experience for someone, I, I want that person to, to appreciate it, you know? And I think, you know, thankfully people, like I say, have become more and more educated on their own about food and wine and hotels and, you know, artisanal cheesemakers and all that. And, you know, for us, that's just, that just makes it better, you know, because, you know, now, now we have an educated person that really understands why we're going to such great lengths to provide a great experience, you know. Talk a little bit about the decision to finally come to the Napa Valley. I know there have been rumors here for a long time that you were looking at properties, that you had wanted to do something here. Talk a little bit about what led you to these properties and now. Well, I think you're right. I mean, we, you know, myself, my partners, our, our, our little group, you know, we've we've looked at a lot of interesting, you know, situations and, and possibilities for quite a while. And, you know, I just think, you know, we've had such great success in, in, uh, Healdsburg. Um, you know, I, I, I love the Napa Valley as I do the Sonoma Valley or, you know, Northern Sonoma and that side also. And, you know, it just, you know, for us, you know, we're in a very unique position where we don't have to do anything. You know, I only want to do things, you know, projects that really, I think fit us well, that we can be successful at, that have great potential. And I think the harvest, the harvest in and now the harvest table is a perfect example of that. I mean, I thought, I thought here's a property that, you know, the address, the location is, is second to none. You know, it's just amazing. And a property that had so much potential that we could help bring out of the property. And, and obviously it was a very successful property for, for many, many years. Um, but I thought, you know, you know, if, you know, but here was a property that didn't have a restaurant or bar or, you know, some of those things that we could take something that was good and, and, and really add a dimension and, and, and change it from some hotel rooms in a great location, um, to an amazing property, you know, that has really a resort type property that has great food and beverage. That's a perfect place to get married. That's a great place for St. Helenans to go and mix with transient guests. And that's, and that's one thing that I think it makes, makes a hotel boutique hotel like that special. And we see that in, in all of our properties that, that guest is traveling from, you know, across the country or from, or from across the world, really to be side by side with locals that, that work in the community, that have an interest in the community, that are enjoying, they're enjoying the restaurant, the bar, and in some ways even, you know, the, the rest of the property too, and rub shoulders with them. And of course the winemaking community, that brings a whole thing in there. I mean, a lot of our guests, obviously that have come to, come to Napa and to St. Helena are coming there for a wine experience or some type of wine um, relationship. And, you know, for them to be in the room with, five or six, you know, uh, famous winemakers and, and, and winery owners and what have you, that just adds to the whole excitement of, of, of being in the place and vice versa. I mean, I think, you know, we've had winemakers that have met guests that become, you know, incredibly loyal followers to their, to their winemaking endeavors, you know, in the restaurant. And I think that's what really makes it special. Um, and being part of the community. I mean, I think St. Helena is again such a, such an amazing 
a place to be. And, uh, you know, years ago, you know, being from New York, when someone said in New York City, they said they were going to Napa, they meant they were going to St. Helena. Because that was where the epicenter, you know, was happening. And, you know, I hope I can be part of helping that become the conversation again. I mean, I think Yonville has a lot of great restaurants and bars and things and, and hotels. And I think, you know, the town, of, obviously the town of Napa is just you know, blowing up. It's it's exploding and becoming such a great place to be, um, you know, and, and we'll continue to do that. But I think St. Helena can be also. I mean, I think, you know, the, it's a great community. And, and, you know, it is the heart of the wine country when you look at it, you know. And you're also doing something in Napa with the new Archer Hotel. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, the Archer Hotel um, people are, are good friends and, and, and fellow colleagues, and they've asked me to, to partner with them and, and do uh, – not only the restaurant, which I'm going to do a Charlie Palmer steak, which I think uh, is is a really modern interpretation of of a steak concept, and it certainly isn't all about red meat. I mean, that's one thing that people say, "Oh, you know, it's a steakhouse." It is a steakhouse, but it, as New York, as like it is in New York City, and our new steakhouse in New York City, or in Washington D.C., um, or in Las Vegas, you know, they're a very modern approach to um, to the steakhouse genre. And when I say that, you know, it's a lot of it, it, you know, it's great fish, it's meat, it's a concentration on local produce um, and all the great things that are happening in Napa, you know, in the Valley itself or in in Sonoma for that matter. And, uh, you know, I think that's, you know, it's a great, great location. Um, You know, the Archer people, the Lodgerich people are really, really super people. And I think it's going to be just so amazing, again, for downtown Napa and that whole redevelopment thing there really will bring it together and uh you know i'm excited to be a part of it you know and of course you know we got we got a we got a a, a, a year or so of construction they get we have to build a hotel they have to build a <laughs> right. hotel there i should say we i mean they have to build a hotel there before we can get the restaurant going but uh you know it's going to be an amazing place and it's going to have an amazing rooftop venue that overlooks the river and everything which i'm really excited about because it's something that doesn't exist in the town of napa yet so um you know so we're excited about that and we'll get a ways, a, way, a ways away there we're really focusing on harvest table and and all the great things that we can do there um and there's a lot of hard work ahead of us you know because when you launch something you know it's it's it, it takes a lot of concentration and effort and and thinking by a lot of smart people and ambitious people to make it successful. And I think, you know, that's that's where we're at with Harvest Table right now and Harvest Inn, you know. We've got a lot of work to do. Are there plans to do more with Harvest Inn to expand that, to, to remodel that? Oh, yeah, and we've already begun that. I mean, if, you know, people that people that haven't seen the property in, you know, a number of years, because, you know, the, the joke is always like, you know, good friends of mine that live, literally live in St. Helena, I'll say, like, when's the last time you were with the Harvest Inn? Well, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. I was like, because, naturally, if you live in St. Helena, there wasn't really a reason to go there unless you're a hotel guest, you know, but it's such an amazing property, and we've done just tons of work on the property itself. It's eight acres, you know, and the address is one Main Street, St. Helena. So you can't, you can imagine, I mean, everybody <laughs> goes by this property, you know, some people every day, a couple times a day. And, uh, but now there's a reason for them to come there. You know, we have an amazing, you know, restaurant with 
you know, alfresco dining terraces, a great bar and a little lounge and a front porch area, which we, is just really, really a great gathering spot. And, uh, and then of course we have the property that has, we have, uh, um, uh, sculpture garden, which is, you know, 26 installations of, of local Bay area artists that have done sculpture and that you can walk the property. Um, we've put all kinds of culinary gardens in. We have our own beekeeping um, activity on property. We're growing more and more of the vegetables that we use, um, and of course, the herbs and a lot of the, the lettuces and everything. Um, so our goal there is to really, you know, really make it a property that produces maybe not all, but a very big percentage of, of the, the things we're using in the kitchen, you know, uh, vegetable-wise and fruit-wise. We've got a lot of fruit trees and olive trees and everything else going on. So we're growing our own hops in anticipation of making beer. So, Great. Yeah. Before I let you go, Charlie, tell us a little bit about what your schedule is like, what your life is like. Before we went on the air, you and I were talking about that, you know, you're in different cities all the time. Give us a little sense of, of what it involves mm-hmm running as many properties as you do well we, we uh my wife and i and, and our four boys have you know actually all our boys are in new york this summer working um we have our oldest is at berkeley so he's on the west coast we have our second oldest is at nyu so he's he's in new york city so <laughs> he's kind of like me um so i go back and forth between new york we have a home in new york city and we're very fortunate to to always have that and then uh and of course our home in Healdsburg and we go back and forth and you know in in my in my later years uh you know in, in better experience I've tried to concentrate on New York and and the Bay Area I guess is the best way to put it and that's what we continue to do and you know we yes we have we have a couple of restaurants in Las Vegas and I stop in Las Vegas either coming or going a lot of times mm-hmm. Uh, I love Las Vegas. I think it's, you know, one of the most exciting, stimulating places to be. Um, so I'm, I'm there, you know, one way or another. But we've, you know, we've got really established teams there, and they do a great job. So um, so I, I'm really, you know, New York and Bay Area. Um, and, of course, a quick trips down to D.C. where I have a steakhouse right across the lawn from the Capitol. So, um, but, you know, I uh, haven't done anything internationally, so... I'm not sure how some of my colleagues make that happen, and you know, I've, I've been pursued to, I've been <laughs> Dubai, Singapore, Macau. I mean, all all great great ideas. You know, fun places. I've visited a couple, but I'm not sure how you you make that happen. And uh, you know, if you're if you're my type of person, where I, I feel I need to be in the operations, that's my thing. Operations. You know, I, you know, I, people laugh because you know when I when I arrive in New York City. At eight o'clock at night, I'm in the I'm in the restaurant at eight fifteen, and usually in the kitchen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I think I'm a pretty good time management person. Um, can always be better, but you know it's, it, that's what it's about. And uh, but we have, you know, I've, I've always said this too. We've, you know, we have uh, the, the great good fortune to to build these wonderful, beautiful, amazing restaurants and hotels. But what really makes them special is the people. You know, I mean, it's really our it's really our our teams that 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 make the difference. And and that's you know, it, it's having passionate people that love hospitality is really what it's about. And that's not easy to find. Um, but I think you know we we organically grow these types of uh, people. And and like I said, a lot of them have seen success not only with us but also with 
on their own eventually. And I think, uh, you know, that's what we continue to do and, and continue to invest in. You know, we, uh, we know that, you know, our, our biggest investment is our, is our staff and our, and our, our talent. So, Charlie Palmer, we do. I thank you so much for spending time with us here on Napa Broadcasting. Much appreciated. Well, great. I'll be by, uh, up in the valley in about a couple hours. So well, you know. we'll see you soon. Charlie Palmer, thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.